G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Today with Jeff Vines, author, pastor, apologist and Bible teacher with a straight-talking message from the Word. We've got springs of living water welling up within us. We've got the potential for the abundant life. So when we go on a wrong road, the Holy Spirit does what? Reroute, reroute. Today with Jeff Vines. Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me again on Today with Jeff Vines. My name is Bill and we're continuing a message from Pastor Jeff in our new series called Rerouting. We're picking up partway through the passage of Proverbs chapter 7, verse 5. It's about Solomon and his encounter with the adulterous woman. Let's join Pastor Jeff now for the rest of this message on Today with Jeff Vines. He's up on a second floor window looking out and he sees a young man marching toward the home of a married woman. And it's the scenario he's seen thousands of times. So he knows where this road ends. And he writes, verse five, at the window of my house, I looked down to the lattice. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who had no sense. That here's a young man that sees that what he's about to do is a one-time event. It's an event. It's a glorious one. And it has absolutely no ramifications on his future. Now, Solomon knows this. He knows how it works. This woman comes and says, I'm squared away with God. I've got an empty bucket and I'm ready to fill it with you. And Solomon wants to say, this is not going to end well. She says, today I have fulfilled my vows and I have food from my fellowship offering at home. She's got food left over. So I came out, listen, to meet you. I looked for you and have found you. Solomon's just up on the second floor shaking his head. Why? Because these are individualistic terms. He thinks he's special. He's special. (laughs) I came down into the city looking, hoping to meet this woman. As it turns out, she was looking for me because I'm special. I'm unique. No one's like me. And Solomon's up shaking his head. You simple-minded, foolish, lack of judgment idiot. You're just one among thousands who have been this way before. She comes out, the Bible says, and she says, I have covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. See the temptation? I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. I have purchased a new Barry White CD. No, that's not in there. (laughs) Come, let's drink deeply of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. My husband is not at home. There's a shocker. He has gone on a long journey. He took his purse filled with money. That always bothered me. Perhaps that's why they're struggling in the marriage. I mean, (laughs) let's change that a little bit. I took my man bag. He took his man bag and filled with money. 
and will not be home till full moon. With persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once, he followed her. Of course he did, Solomon says. He thinks he's a rock star. He thinks he's unique, that he's something special. And this will give him hope and meaning and purpose and significance. So Solomon then uses metaphors within the metaphor. He says, I'll tell you what you're like. You're like an ox going to the slaughter. Notice he doesn't say sheep. There's nothing sheepish about this. He feels he's strong and in control and this road will not end in death. He's in full control. So you're not, you're like an ox going to the slaughter. You're fighting it and you're strong, but you're gonna die. You're like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver. Now I'm from Tennessee and I know what happens. Deers will put their feet in places and try to settle down and they think they're safe. And then sometimes they'll put their feet in a snare and the snare will pop and the noose will tighten. And then by the time you want to try to get away, it's too late. And the huntsman comes and he fills your body full of arrows, piercing you through and through. He says, you're like an ox. You think you're strong, led to the slaughter. You're like a deer stepping into a situation that you think is gonna be comfortable. It's gonna kill you. You're like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. You're like an ox. You're like a deer. You're like a bird. Why is he relentless with these metaphors? I'll tell you. Because he knows in the young man's mind, he thinks it's a one-time event with no future ramifications. He's saying, it's not a one-time event. You're starting to walk on a path that is going to lead to your demise. Wake up, listen, which leads me to the second truth. And it's this, everybody believes they are the exception to the principle of the path. Everybody believes they are the exception to the principle of the path. I've not met one person yet that said, you know what, that, I better get off this path, that something bad's gonna happen. They think, you know, I can do this because I'm strong. I can stand out and talk to her in the parking lot for an hour after church, even though I'm not married to her, because that's as far as it's going to go. I can exchange emails and soft glances and touches, but that's as far as it'll go. I can start smoking marijuana. I know it's the gateway drug, but I'm strong and in control. Never met somebody yet that said, you know what? I better watch out. Everybody thinks they're the exception to the principle of the path, that direction, not intention, determines destination. I told you a couple years ago, back in the mid-90s, I encountered the bug zapper. I thought this was an amazing contraption. <laughs> I had been in Africa for 10 years and had not heard about the bug zapper. So I'm down in Fort Myers, Florida, speaking at a church down there, and the pastor does a great barbecue in the evening, and I keep hearing this bzz, bzz. I think, what on earth is that? And I turn around and look up, there's this big blue light. I say, what, what is that? And of course, we have June bugs in the South. You know what June bug is? If you don't, they're big bugs. And when they are zapped, it's like, zip. I mean, it feels like, man, somebody, somebody just got electrocuted. <laughs> and these th- and, and here's, here's what gets me. First of all, to think that somebody sat in a room somewhere and thought up this contraption. <laughs> and, and what would it take to lure bugs and then zap them? And evidently, it's a blue light. And so the bugs go, and they, it's beautiful. <laughs> I like the blue light. I, I have to go. And they go, and then they zap, and then here's, here's what's in. There's a tray underneath the blue light that collects the dead carnage. Now, bugs are smarter than I think we give them credit for. If you read about bugs, they're smart, smart they have their own working system. But where's the bug that goes to the blue light and sees the dead carnage? They don't try to hide it. It's right there. It says, whoa, this is a bad thing. 
and then turns around and goes back to all the other bugs. Guys, don't go toward the blue light. June bugs, if you want to make it to July, don't go toward, don't go toward the blue light. And here's why. It, the reason is because the June bugs are like us. Every June bug thinks, I can do it. It's beautiful. I want to see it. I can get close enough to blue light without getting zapped. But they always get zapped. And so do you. Everybody thinks they're an exception. So Solomon says, dude, you're not the exception. He says, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throne. Many. This is not a unique situation. And just like them, it's going to not, it's not going to end well for you. Matter of fact, look at the humor. He says, her house is a highway. A two, four, six, eight lane with a hover lane. It's a wide road because of so many people having travel there. You know, people will say, well, Jeff, you're judging me. No, no, no. This is not judgmental. This is predictable. If you're on that road, that's where it ends. And until you reroute and get off, I can tell you right now, it's going to end in death. Now, part of this is why I don't do a lot of counseling anymore. I, I've shared this with you. I, it's not my gift. And I've never done this, but after 23, 25 years of doing this and having people like a young man come in and say, you know, Jeff, I really wanted a good marriage. I wanted intimacy with my wife. I wanted my kids, my children to respect me. I wanted them to grow up loving me. And then I'll start talking to them and realize this guy who wanted this, this is just one case out of many, he was never home. And when he was off on the weekends, he was either golfing or fishing or doing something. So he wants a close-knit, intimate relationship with his wife and kids, and he's never home. Now, at that point, I'll usually say something like this. Dude, I'll bet when that happened that your wife responded this way. Pastor Jeff, you're right. And I'll bet your kids responded this. Pastor Jeff, that's right. And I'll bet people around you told you this. Pastor Jeff, you are so smart. <laughs> and here's what I want to say. I've never said it. And I'm going to speak on behalf of all counselors who've always wanted to say this, but never will. Dude, I'm not smart. I've just seen this story a thousand times before. You're just like the last moron who was in here <laughs> who thought that intention would trump direction. And then as long as you really truly wanted a good marriage, it would just appear out of nowhere. And as long as you wanted your kids to grow up with great moral uh, background or, 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 or great character and integrity, as long as you really wanted it, yeah, it'll happen. <sighs> Direction, not intention, determines destination. Third and finally, we will never be successful as long as we believe that intentions trump direction. Never. And you know, this principle works in every aspect of life. <laughs> Even if you want to be an NBA player, if you want to be successful at work, if you, just because you want to be successful doesn't mean it's going to happen. Are you on the road, the right road in every aspect of your life, especially in those where there is a desired end? Now, I think I've hammered that enough. And you notice today, Pastor Jeff, you don't really hammer things like this. You've, I mean, you've been talking for 25 minutes saying the same thing, direction, not intention determines destination. The reason why we can't go forward until we all agree on that. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that if you want to go to Palm Springs, you don't get on the 10 and head west. If you want to go to San Diego, you don't get on the 15 and head north. Now, we are going to take a look at some powerful biblical narratives 
in the next few weeks that I hope will open up your eyes to roads you are presently on where you need to reroute and you'll have the courage to do it. Now, here's how I want to end. I got a couple of illustrations and we're finished, but I need your attention. How many of you guys in the room have GPSs in your car? Hey, be proud, man. Be proud. Because we're not going to stop and ask for directions. All right, just the men, just the men. How many men have, come on, see, not only will you not ask for directions, you won't even be honest in church. You raise your hand. <laughs> now, how many of you have programmed your GPS, whether it's on your iPhone or whatever, with the sound of a woman's voice? <laughs> now, I'm going to come clean here. I have programmed my GPS, my Garmin, with a woman's voice because I'm used to having a woman tell me what to do. <laughs> what? What? It's not something I'm ashamed of at all. Uh, my wife has been telling me what to do for the whole marriage. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. She, she's not here, so. <laughs> now, there are times I get frustrated. And I actually gave her a name. I call her Wilma. So I figure if Wilma's going to talk to me, I can talk back to her. And she talks to me all the time. Now, sometimes I get really frustrated with Wilma because she will say, rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. And the first three times is okay, but she just won't shut up. <laughs> make a U-turn, Nat, make a U-turn. And I'm thinking, look, I heard you the first time. Now, I want to shut her up, but I can't because I can't do that and drive at the same time for all you police officers. <laughs> So she just keeps talking, reroute, reroute, make a U-turn. And it just ticks me off. And I've actually unplugged, just thrown it down, but that because then it goes to battery. So she just keeps in the floor, reroute, reroute. <laughs> now, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is the Holy Spirit is a lot like that. <laughs> because we've got springs of living water welling up within us. We've got the potential for the abundant life. So when we go on a wrong road, the Holy Spirit does what? Reroute, reroute, reroute. It doesn't say that, but you know, you know it in your spirit. This is not the road. This is not the road. This is not the road. And during this series, I'm hoping that you will see, according to John 7, 38, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. I hope that you'll have the courage at some point to reroute. Now, in closing, let me give you just a few examples that will bring this home. I've got one final illustration. We're done. And God is calling someone. <laughs> God wants you to know. He's trying to tell you to listen, to listen. All right. Go with me. Here we go. Here we go. I want to lose weight. I want to be healthy. So supersize that. <laughs> I want to build muscle and tone and get in shape. So I will let my gym membership expire and drink more sodas. You see? Intention, direction, destination. I want to be heart healthy, so I'll get rid of all the fruits and vegetables in my house and deep fry everything. <laughs> now, I started that way because that resonates with so many of us, but let's move on for a minute. I want to end up married to a guy who will love me as Christ loves the church, so I'll date anyone who asks me as long as he's cute. <laughs> you with me? <clears throat> How about this? I want to feel my faith and feel so close to God so I will never spend any time alone with him. I want to feel the power of the word of God in my life so the Holy Spirit will give me the right word at the right time and the right place for victory. Therefore, every morning I get up, I'll read the newspaper. 
I want a strong, healthy marriage that is intimate and trusting. So I'm going to look at pornography. When I get married, I want to have an incredible sex life with my spouse. So I'm going to practice with everyone I date until I get married. Let me tell you something. There are plenty of men and women in this room right now who will tell you by experience that is not the path. That is not the path. You think it is because you're told that, but it is not the path. And they wish, they'd give anything if they could go back and undo what they did and the path they started on. And they just hope and pray that you will not march toward the blue light, no matter how attractive that it is, because it's filled with dead carnage in the tray below. How about the mother who says, I want children who will grow up with character and integrity and will make the right decisions through a strong discipline. Therefore, I'm going to remove all discipline in the house right now. (laughs) You ever met that mom in public? Don't do that. Johnny, don't do that. Johnny, don't do that. Johnny, don't do that. I thought I told you, don't do that. And little Johnny keeps doing it. Don't do that. I'm going to come down there. Don't do that. You know, Proverbs says that an undisciplined child is an embarrassment to the mom in public. You need some courage. Discipline starts when they're young. And then it will be contagious to where they will be disciplined to make the right decisions when they're older. Freedom is never autonomy. Never. By allowing anybody to do whatever they want to do, that's not freedom. That's a binding that will lead on the road to death. Okay, just a couple more and I'll close. I want to be financially secure when I'm older so I will live above my means now. Good luck with that. Or how about this one? I want God to open up the windows of heaven and bless me financially so I will rob God of the tithes and offerings now. Wrong road. You can hope and pray and wish, but direction, not intention, determines destination. Everybody in the room before you leave, I want you to ask yourself, are the paths I'm presently on going to get me where I want to be? You can hope for a great marriage. Are you on that path? You can hope for great children. Are you on that path? You can hope for God to bless you. Are you on that path? If you're not, you're just kidding yourselves. You know why? You might have heard this before. Direction, not intention, (laughs) determines destination. Now, here's how I want to end. I shared with you not too long ago that I've had this unbelievable opportunity. I've been chosen to serve on what is called the World Leadership Alliance. It's an extension of Club Madrid, and it is made up of leaders across this nation who have a heart and passion to help the poverty in developing nations And I love having a say on this board. And I'm the only pastor on it, and I love the way they listen to pastors. It's amazing. Our country is not as liberal sometimes as you think. Pastors still have a voice. I was in Boston last week. Boston. And uh, I was invited to the uh, Kennedy JFK Library for an annual celebration where they give out the Courage Award. And I met some interesting people. I met Tony Bennett. Uh, Man. 86 years old, brought the house down. Incredible pipes. Now, it's funny right now. Uh, young people are thinking, Who, who's Tony Bennett? <laughs> Take my word for it. Fabulous. Uh, I met David Letterman, one of the nicest 
guys I think I've ever met. His wife, so lovely, great family. His children adore him. He's doing something right. I may not agree with his political views, but I'll tell you what, good guy, good guy. But I was most impressed, not with Tony Bennett or David Letterman. I was impressed with the recipient of the 2013 Profile and Courage Award, Gabby Giffords. Remember her? Congresswoman shot to the head. Six or seven people died. She survived. Doctors can't believe she survived. She came onto the platform with her husband and he read the speech because she can't speak for too long. She's still paralyzed a little bit on the left side, but she has made great strides. She only said three sentences in her speech. Two of them, for some reason, I really remember. One, she said, I believe that courage is found within. And two, she said, I wish Congress had more courage. When she said, I believe that courage is found within, the cynic in me thought, well, that's deep and profound, whoa. But then as she spoke and you put it all into context, it dawned on me what she meant. When she was shot, everybody around her wanted her to get up and conquer and survive and thrive and show this madman that she is more than a survivor, that she's gonna thrive and she's gonna continue on and she's gonna beat this thing. The problem is, she said, I didn't have the courage, but everybody else had it for me. But until I found it within myself, no matter how badly people around you want you to walk the right path, until you have the courage to make the decision to get on it, there'll never be life change. That's why I say to you mothers, you can say what you want to to your children, but until they decide they're gonna reroute, nothing never is gonna change. She gets up, Gabby Gilbert, Guilford's gets up every morning at 6 a.m. to go to rehab. And she's done it for weeks, even when there's little to no improvement because she knows she's on a road that will eventually get her to her destination. Do you know why? Because direction, not intention, determines destination. If, all right, Solomon's up in the window and he's screaming down to the young man. Well, he's not actually, he's just writing a short story. What if the young man's mother would have been up in the window? You think it would have been different? What would she have done? Run, Forrest, run! Right? Get out! She's no good, man. This is no good. Don't, you want me to come? Don't make me come down there. And she's doing that because she's practicing to be a mother-in-law. And that, that's what they do. <laughs> Everybody, I need to reroute my life in the area of my so I will find the courage to walk the path that leads to my desired destination. You don't need five more sermons to do this. Most of you, the Holy Spirit made you aware right now of what this area is you got to reroute. And here's what I want to tell you. I've hammered it. Man, have I hammered it. If you don't change, you will die. I'm not talking about physical death. I'm talking about spiritually, emotionally, your soul, man. But I can't make you. And it's my hope and dream as we delve into some pretty deep biblical narratives that you'll have the courage to reroute so the abundant life will be yours. Father, I thank you for the power of your word and I thank you that, uh, I thank you, that you love us so much that our sins have been forgiven through the cross. But you continue to lead, guide, and direct us through your spirit to teach us all the things you have commanded that, Father, our marriages would be strong, that our relationships would be godly, that our decisions would lead to life.
And I pray for anyone in this room that's on the wrong road in any area of their life, they would reroute. And your spirit would convict them, reroute, reroute. And even when they try to unplug the conviction of the spirit and throw it out the window, that it'll still come true. It'll still come through. Reroute, change course. I love you. This is gonna destroy you. I love you. Reroute for your sake and the ones around you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad we've been able to bring you this message from Pastor Jeff. And there's plenty more great messages coming up in this series called Rerouting. Next time, Pastor Jeff will be looking at the story of Isaac and his sons, Jacob and Esau, and the power of a blessing. What do we mean by blessing? It is having the uniquely valuable person to you say, you are uniquely valuable to me. Mother, father, husband, wife, somebody that you hold in high regard, say to you, you are uniquely valuable to me. Today with Jeff Vines. For more from Pastor Jeff, head to vision.org.au forward slash Jeff Vines. Today with Jeff Vines, just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 